Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 276. I am Zoner. I am Zoop, and it's a freaking war zone outside. It is, but only in Utah. Um, it, well, and the other real world war zones. But. Well, yeah, yeah, right. Not an actual war zone. It's a, it's a pioneer war zone. Uh, we go through this every year, twice a year, actually. But uh, in case you have not heard us during July before, the 24th of July in Utah is our statehood day. Uh, so people blow stuff up because it's the American way of doing things. And uh, both Zoner and I have fireworks going on outside in our neighborhoods. So if you hear sudden explosions in this recording, just know that we didn't even bother to try and edit them out. Yeah, it's it's too much. It's seriously too much. It sounds like they're, they were happening right over. They, they've, they've settled down now, but our neighbors got some aerials this year. And... It sounded louder at the back of our house than it did at the front because they were exploding over our house. Oh, that's always nice. Yeah, yeah, real real classy. And with it being super, super dry right now, that's just, like, awesome if they catch your house on fire. Oh, totally, totally, you know? It's just what I really needed to help end the week. Yeah. So, um, shout out to our friends over at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, uh, openbookaudio.com, stitcher.com, Geek Factor Radio, Radio KSCR. Oh, and I forgot to send the episode again to Radio KSCR. Sorry, guys. Sorry. If they don't get the episode, do they know that you forgot to send it? I'm fairly certain when they suddenly see episode 276 and the last one they had was 274. Well, when you're apologizing, you know, do they they even know? Because it wasn't there. So... You're right. You're right. I did not forget. You guys just didn't listen last week. Yes. You should be apologizing to us for not listening. Yeah, I'm hurt. (laughs) Also brought to you quite literally by our friends over at WPCycle.com. WP. Yeah, that's right. WPCycle.com. It's been a long week. I'm really out of it. Now, I really just want to ask if you said Geek Factor Radio. Shut up. You know I did. I do know that you did, but it's still fun to troll. It is. It is. Trolling is fun. I don't think we have any, uh, yeah, we have no feedback. Um, I got some feedback on an article that I wrote about Pokemon Go. Basically, it just, it was a quick one. It said, if this wasn't Pokemon, people would have stopped playing after the first week of server issues. This is true. I think they're right. Yeah. I'm still playing. I am too. It's I got fun. a Dragonite. Do you? Uh, yeah. Level 1200 Dragonite. Nice. Mm-hmm. Got my kids hooked up on it. Uh, my, so my kids have a tab, have tablets that don't have cellular service. Uh, today we figured out how to put my phone into a uh, hotspot mode and link the tablets to it. And tonight we all took a walk around the neighborhood. And my kids were just tickled that they could log in and they now have their own Pokemon, their own Pokemon Go. They were just freaking out about it. See, we kind of gave up on the whole walking around our neighborhood because all we have are Pidgeys. That's like it. I, I It's ridiculous. You go pull up the what's nearby. There's like nine Pidgeys listed there. That's okay, though. 
Pidgeys are your god now. Well, because they help you level up, but still, you want some variety. Well, sure, sure. You guys just aren't driving far enough. I guess not. I did try going out by the Great Salt Lake, though, and I caught Pidgeys. I was hoping to catch, like, I don't know, some Squirtles or Magikarps or something. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, though, we got tons of radishes here. I mean, we seriously, like, need to spray for them. They're everywhere. Yeah, we've, we've got those. It seems to go between Pidgeys and Raditas. Yeah, in fact, if you pull up Pokevision.com, which is a website that shows what's out there in real time, it just makes me depressed every time I scan my neighborhood and see nothing worth anything. (laughs) All right. Well, with no feedback, um, hey, it's summer movie time. Guess which movie I saw last night? I'm going with Star Trek. I did. I saw Star Trek. It was good. Was it? I've heard that it's the best of the Abrams yeah. Trek verse. And I, I have to admit, and I have to fully admit, I, it was a lot better than I expected. I mean, let's be honest. When it says, from executive producer J.J. Abrams and the director of Fast and the Furious, that doesn't really help it build a lot of confidence. Well, I will say this. I love the Fast and Furious movies. I think they are just nothing but pure fun and adding Dwayne Johnson to the cast and what was it? Fast Five or whatever. Um, that was just awesome. I'll watch anything with that guy in it. Yeah, but do you really think Star Trek when you hear that? I don't. It was good. It was good. And even the few moments where you really felt, okay, yeah, this is taking a definite Fast and Furious turn right here. It was still good. It was just fun. I will say this, though. Star Trek needs a better villain. I think the la- I think Khan was a great villain. I think Benedict Cumberbatch did okay with him. I think uh, the general in Star Trek VI was a great villain. But I think Trek just needs better villains. Yeah, they don't have their Darth Vader or Lord Voldemort. You know, there's there's not that one. I mean, you got Khan, yeah, but just not that one dude that like, strikes fear. Well, the thing is, villains are particularly interesting because you know what all the great villains have in common? They all think they're the good guy. Yeah, that's actually one of the things that I really like about Sinestro in the DC universe. He thinks mm-hmm. he's doing the good stuff. Yeah, or or Tom Hiddleston says that about how he portrays Loki. Loki really thinks he's doing the best thing possible. Oh, and yeah. And his bumbling older brother and his useless father keep getting in the way. Yeah, that's no totally true. And and that that is what makes that is what makes a really good villain because it also makes them sympathetic too. Mm-hmm, exactly, where you can really see their point of view. And Star Trek just always comes down to raw vengeance. Yeah. Well, okay, but what else? I mean, do you have any other? No, raw. I have anger issues. Exactly. It's like, dude, if you just hugged this out, the entire movie's over. Yeah. Yeah. That, but it was fun. That's really. That's a great point. If you just say I'm sorry. And maybe sit down and talk about your feelings for 20 minutes. We're done. But 
I mean, let's face it, that would be a crappy movie. It's like, okay, so if you haven't seen Star Trek yet, I'll just say this. The villain's really pissed off at Starfleet because no one ever came looking for him. Newsflash, they didn't know where you were. (laughs) Don't you love that? They bring that up like halfway through the film. They never tell him that. (laughs) (laughs) They can't tell him that because then the movie's over. It's like, did you... Wow, that's really too bad. I'm I'm sorry. FYI, they didn't know where you were. They figured you were just lost on the other side of the quadrant. We have statues in your honor. You're like a hero. Oh, really? Well, okay then. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's re- it's absurd. It's it's straight up absurd. <laughs> it's like in a sitcom or in any other movie where there's this huge drama moment, this drama-filled moment between people. It's like well, did you think of just calling their cell phone? <laughs> anyway. So um, that, that's my second week of summer blockbuster movies. I think next week I'll go see Independence Day and give us a micro review here, there, too. But into our headlines. Oh, I've ac- I could actually give a micro review on, on Independence Day. Um, just absolute trash. Is it I- fun trash? I did not see it, but no, I heard that one of my coworkers saw it, and he said it wasn't even fun. It just, there was nothing redeeming about it whatsoever. I've heard that, that no one, I, I've, the reviews I've read was that Brent Spiner seems to be the only one having any fun in this movie. Yeah. And he, like, they had to do, like, a complete stretch to even get him into it, and it doesn't make much sense, so. Yeah. I, and that's too bad, because the first one, you could tell people were having fun. Oh, yeah. It wasn't a good movie. But it was a fun movie. Well, I think you look back and kind of going on what, to build on what you said last week about Ghostbusters, you know. And summer movies in general. It was a summer movie. It was designed to just go and be brainless entertainment. And it did that very well, especially for mid-90s brainless entertainment. Oh, yeah. Still some of the best dogfights. Oh, yeah. It was was a ton of fun. Very entertaining movie. I I actually enjoyed it. I don't know why it gets so much hate. but I I loved it. I haven't watched it for a number of years either, so maybe it just doesn't hold up and i no, it does it does actually still hold up i loved it but i can also look at it objectively and go this is a really dumb movie <laughs> i mean it's not armageddon dumb but it's still pretty dumb yeah well there is the whole let's save let's save humanity by uploading a virus into their computer i mean that's pretty ridiculous yeah but the problem is is that not not even problem it's a good thing roland emmerich he knows how to make a good film. You know, you take yeah. Roland Emmerich versus Michael Bay, and the two of them can take the same premise, and Roland Emmerich's film will just be better. It'll still be dumb, but it'll be a better film. <laughs> and, yeah, Independence Day was that. It was a Roland Emmerich film. Yeah. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Now into headlines. Yes, now that we've wasted, what, 11 minutes, 12 minutes, let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, let's uh, let's kind of do the throwback news first. Hey, remember last week when we said that uh, China has finally figured out the best way to see what people are browsing, and it's by, you know, hitting the browser? Yeah, they, they 
figured that one out. They must have listened to our episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, by the way, let's just, just go full f- forward on that one. Let's buy Opera. Now, have you ever used Opera much? I have, and I've gone back and forth on it. Back in the day, it was the only one I used, especially on my mobile phone, because uh-huh. data was expensive and Opera compressed it. But not so much anymore. Not for a while. Yeah, I haven't used Opera real regularly for oh, probably three or four years. But for a while there, that was my main browser. And I really liked it. I used it on my phone. I used it on my desktop. It, it was good. But, yeah, the other browsers just kind of surpassed it. Yeah. So Opera has been looking for a buyer for a while. And they found one in China. Now... Again, I'm not an economist here, but when I see the headline that says a Chinese consortium has bought opera, you pretty much know that's the government. I hadn't even thought of that, but I think you're, I think you're spot on. Yeah. Um, I think this is an extension of last week's headline where they're going to start hitting the browsers of the Chinese population to see what people are browsing. And I think they're doing it by buying themselves a browser. I also believe that. Uh, this means that China is basically going to see what everyone is browsing. So if you didn't have a reason to not use Opera before, hopefully, hopefully I just gave you one. Here it is. Now, are we going to see uh, Opera usage spike globally by, I don't know, about, what is it, three, three or a billion? Is that how many people are in China? A billion? I'm fairly certain more than that, but... Three billion? I don't know. I don't know. Um, possibly, probably. Be, it will be the official browser of the People's uh, Republic of China. <laughs> the People's browser. You know, uh, <laughs> it's kind of like named. it's kind of like for the same reason I don't want Google being my ISP because I know that Google browses. It doesn't browse. It pulls data from everyone's browsing habits and uses it for ads. It's the same reason I wouldn't want a Chinese company owning my browser. Yeah, for sure. I no. Call me paranoid. Call me xenophobic. I don't think I'm that far off, though. The good thing, though, is, I mean, their logo's already red, so they don't need to change it. They're just going to have some stars added in there? Yeah, throw a star in the middle of the O. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, moving into other... Uh, countries and their problems with piracy and whatnot. Not piracy, but privacy, excuse me. France is having problems with Windows 10. A France. Surprise? Yeah, France, ask yourself this. Do you really think we care? They, they, uh, it seems like we're always talking about how some country in Europe or all of Europe just hates Microsoft. Mm hmm. I, I mm-hmm. really do not understand how they just can continue to pile on the hate to Microsoft. And Microsoft just kind of says, okay, whatever. In particular, France does not like the way that Windows 10 captures user information, ha- browsing habits, and other information. And it describes it as non-essential to the operating system. They're not wrong. Technically speaking, the operating system doesn't need any of this information to, quote-unquote, operate. (laughs) No. But... The user experience, however... I... I want everyone 
listening here just to kind of do this mind mind exercise with me, okay? I want you to take out your phone, and it can be a Microsoft Windows phone, it can be an Android, it can be an iOS, it can be any phone. It can even be a BlackBerry phone, okay? It doesn't matter. It's just a phone. Let's not kid ourselves. Nobody's got BlackBerry. I know, I know, but just do this, okay? Uh, Turn off Bluetooth. Can the phone still operate? Sure. Okay. Turn off data. Can the phone still operate? Yes. Turn off Wi-Fi. Can the phone still operate? You betcha. Turn off location services. Can the phone still operate? Yes. Turn off everything you want. Does the phone still work? Yes, it does. It's still a phone. You may not be able to make calls or receive text messages or send email or look at maps or watch videos or play games or do anything else. But the phone's operating system is still intact. The phone is still, quote unquote, operating. And if this was 1995, you'd be fine. But it's not. It's 2016. We expect our phones to do more. And just like that, we're starting to expect our computers to do more. So guess what, France? That requires some additional, you know, it's not a bad thing that your computer knows where you are. In fact, I'd consider that a good thing. Yeah, especially, I mean, if you're going into your browser, Microsoft Edge, for example, and you want to search for restaurants that are nearby, it needs to know what nearby is. Right. Where is nearby? And these are just, it's such common sense to me that I know that there's some part of the thinking that I'm missing as to why they have such problems with this. I just don't know if they just aren't with it. I don't know if this is a quote unquote early adopter problem, like we've been accused of in the past by the other listeners. You know, do we as Americans or, or even as tech geeks just take this kind of stuff for granted? Or is it a real um, phobia that the European nations have towards American technology? I don't know. I don't know, but it's frustrating. You know? Yeah, it just... Oh, I can't take it. No. <laughs> I'm done with humans. Uh, speaking of Windows 10, just a quick PSA. If you haven't yet upgraded, if you have Windows 7 or 8 and you haven't yet upgraded to Windows 10, do it this week. Because by the end of the week, it will be too late. Yes. On July 29th, if you postpone it past that date, you will have to pay, what is it, $119 for yeah. the for the upgrade? Yep. So, yeah, it's it's worth it to spend a few minutes. I upgraded uh, my kid, two of my kids' laptops this week because I've been putting it off. I, I have like 10 computers at work I need to do this week. Yeah. And it's just, look, I'm going to be honest here, okay? If your computer can run Windows 10, do the upgrade. If you don't like it, you can always roll back. If you like it but don't want to upgrade it, well, that doesn't make any sense. Upgrade it anyway and then, you know, format it and reinstall 10. The point is, is that once you've upgraded it, you have it licensed and it's free and it's yours. Even if you decide not to go back, not to use it, you want to go back to Windows 7 or back to Windows 8, 
at least that door's open to you. Cause after the 29th, the door's still there, but it's going to cost you $120 to walk through. And that's money you could have saved yourself. Yeah, it really is. Now I've got an old machine that's been sitting in a storage room for the last, I don't know, two years. And I am very, well, no, probably last year, year and a half. I'm very tempted to even pull that out and just do the upgrade just because. Even though I have no use for the computer, I'm still <laughs> tempted to just do the upgrade. Yeah, it's, um, I can't stress this enough, people. It's, uh, it's definitely worth it. Um, going on into, let's, uh, want to do pirates? We got a lot of piracy news. Let's do pirates. Arg. Okay, let's start with the U.S. Navy, because this, this kind of leads into some of the comments that I have regarding some of the other stuff. Yeah, okay. So, um, you know, when the U.S. military does something, they do it big. That's just the military way of thinking. Shock and awe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, including stealing software, I guess. So... The U.S. Navy, the Department of Defense, was in talks to use a specific type of 3D modeling software. And uh, they had, I think, like 38 licenses for it. They were I gonna, think so. Yeah, they were going to do it as a uh, um, as a trial. They were going to install it on 38 different machines, try it out, see how it worked. And, oops, by the way, roll it live to like half a million different computers. It's like on over 500,000 machines now. Which is interesting because I saw a statistic earlier tonight, and I don't know how accurate this is, but there's only 300,000 people in the Navy. Yet they've got like twice the computers (laughs) with this software on it. Redundancy, you know? Yeah, I mean, that just amazes me. I guess that's government efficiency for you. I guess so. Well, the company, unfortunately, is a German company, um, and they are suing the United States of America directly um, as if they were a corporation for half a billion dollars. You know, I I really, I got to say, I like this. I really kind of like this because, I mean, this is a, I, I love this article. It says, it's a bit of kind of comeuppance, you know? Yeah, they say this is a prime case of do as I say, not as I do. And we've got the government here stealing all this software, but how much money do they put into the anti-piracy ads? How much, I mean, how much just gets wasted? You buy a Blu-ray now. And how many freaking warnings do you have to go through for the FBI regarding piracy that you just bought it you didn't pirate it why do you have to be punished with five minutes of warnings yeah it's i and this isn't the first time there have been other like government agencies that have been caught torrenting stuff too oh yeah Orrin hatch got busted with stuff on his which, website and, which is great yeah I and mean, when he stole code yeah i mean it's just Oh my gosh, I can't handle these people. <laughs> I really can't handle it. So I think it's hilarious though that the US Navy uh has stolen, I don't know, half a billion dollars worth of software or half mm-hmm. a million dollars worth of No, 600 million, half a billion worth of software. Because um a very popular torrenting site, um Kickass Torrents 
got its domain name seized this week and the owner was arrested. Uh, yeah, this is like full on. Um, oh, geez, I forgot his name. Kim.com. Kim.com. Oh, yeah. What, what was his site? Oh, geez. Was it just... Mega Upload? Is that what it was? It, it was his previous one, the one before that. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, that's that's how bad this is. It's we've, we've already forgotten. We've already moved on. But, yeah, they're doing the full thing. They've seized all of his assets. There, He's in jail. Waiting extradition. And apparently the thing that... that gave the u.s any sort of jurisdiction over this is he had a server or something in chicago and so that right there gives the government full authority as they see it but um yeah i i find this awesomely ironic because as (laughs) as the u.s government is being sued and you know let's let's not Let's not kid ourselves. The Navy is the government. The assistant attorney general comes out and is talking about how we need to, you know, stop the piracy. He says, quote, copyright infringement exacts a large toll, a very human one on the artists and businesses whose livelihood hinges on their creative inventions. But screw those Germans. You know, they just write code in their sleep. We can take that. Yeah. I mean, and then it goes on to say, uh, Valen, who's the owner of, of the website, allegedly used the internet to cause enormous harm to those artists. Our cyber crimes unit at the U.S. Attorney's Office in Chicago will continue to work, blah, blah, blah. I just find that so funny. And makes me wonder, are they going to charge the U.S. Navy for copyright infringement? Or is that not harmful? I mean, because you load it on what six that many machines six hundred thousand machines that's that's a lot of licenses that you just screwed someone out of a tons the human cost with that is just huge it, it really is you want to talk about human cost i mean that is a that is a big deal that is a big deal and they go on to say that he's charged with running today's most visited illegal fire sharing website responsible for unlawfully distributing well over a billion dollars of copyrighted materials. Um, I like that, but that's just an estimated cover price. That's not actual losses. He's not stealing that from the industry. He's not taking a copy of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure out of somebody's collection and giving it to somebody else. You know, it just... The whole piracy thing really... That's, I, yeah, I, that's still I an argument like they, they haven't it. figured out how to do. Yeah, I, I don't like it at all. Now, mm. if you want to say he provided or he helped facilitate, you know, illegal file sharing or whatnot, that's something completely different. But that doesn't go... I mean, that's not part of the code for copyright violation. Copyright violation deals specifically with distribution and copying and he's not distributing or copying or claiming it as your own or claiming yeah he's not doing any of that yeah so this isn't a copyright violation this is straight up theft however it's not theft because the original owner still has it it's again it's just something that there isn't a law for yet yeah there, and don't get me wrong, there should be, there definitely should be a law for it, but 
the law that exists isn't very cleanly put together yet. It, it's awful. It's awful. So, yeah, I mean, this is this is a huge deal, though, to have this site go down. I mean, because it's, it's the number one site, Pirate Bay, for years. I mean, and some people still, that's their go-to site when they need something. But well, and, and this hasn't done away with torrenters or pirates. They're still out there. They're still... And in fact, all the people who were using Kickass Torrents just shifted away. Yeah, they've gone back to Pirate Bay, and they've gone to oh, what was the other one? I wasn't even familiar with it. Um, Extra Torrent. I, I've heard of it, but I, I've never really frequented it. Um, so yeah, I mean, they've seen Extra Torrent has seen three hundred percent traffic increase in the last week. Um. Pirate Bay has has seen spikes as well in their usage. It's just if people want it, they're going to find a way to get it. Mm-hmm. And no amount of trying to bend the law to your whims is going to change that. It's just a very interesting, very interesting situation. Um. Let's kind of cross the streams here and talk about don't cross the streams. <laughs> people stealing and government monitoring and privacy and overreach. Because this is kind of a, a delightful nexus of headlines. This next one is it. Are you talking about the the terrorism watch list being sold? Yeah, yeah. So some hackers have allegedly. St- Stolen a terrorism watch list and are selling it for about six thousand bucks. I'm um, try- I'm trying to see why this would be a problem. Uh, you know, I would think if you're a terrorist, and you, you should know, assume, and you know you're a terrorist, you should assume that you're on a watch list. I I assume that I'm on a watch list just because I get I guess the I vote worry third party. I guess the worry is that well, they're going to terrorists are going to look at the list and say whoa 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 Joe's not on the list we can send Joe and I think that that's probably the biggest risk here. You know the list that I wish got stolen and and sold on the internet is the one that the government has of. American citizens and companies that are targets of terrorists that allegedly they got a couple or well, not allegedly they picked it up a few months ago and they won't let anybody know. Yes, you are on it. That's the one that I think would be most beneficial to get out there. Well, again, though, going back to this one, I don't see this is a huge problem because using my previous example, let's say it's Joe. Hey, Joe's not on the list. We should send him for the next mission. If if we've been let what we've been led to believe is at all true, and that is the TSA does its job and it's what's keeping us safe and everything we've enacted since 9-11 is there in place and it's a working system, then even if someone isn't on the list but is acting funny at an airport or has exploding diapers or shoes or a combination thereof, we should catch them, right? Allegedly. 
we have bomb-sniffing dogs and machines, and we have micro-backscatter machines that see us naked and see if we're carrying any weapons, and we have to take off our belts and our shoes and turn on our laptops, and we can't have any fluids that are over three ounces, all this different stuff. So it shouldn't matter if there's a list or not. It really shouldn't, and that that's an excellent point. So let these guys sell it. I yeah, I you know, I think the thing though, all that stuff that the government tells you is keeping you safe, no, not so much. No, it, it definitely isn't. Which is why they're freaking out about that. Probably. Because now, they they know, but they don't want you to know. I I have a very unpopular revelation for everyone out there, and that is that the systems that are put in place to keep us safe don't actually work. They are symbols. For instance, um, the, the door lock. The door lock is very easily bypassed, and its design hasn't changed in 120 years by all that much. The materials it's made out of has changed, and the doors themselves have changed somewhat, but the lock itself is just as easy to bypass now as it was 120 years ago. If someone wants to get in, they're going to get in. The lock is there simply as society's way of saying, this is mine, you're not supposed to be in here. And it's up to everyone else to decide, ah, yes, I can't walk in that door because there's a lock there. So I will choose to um, obey the lock. That's what all these modern things that the TSA does. That's all they are. It's not saying it's impossible to bypass this. It's saying you shouldn't bypass this. Look at everything we've put into it. It's a, it's a nicety thing. It's being polite. Yeah. Yeah. I I almost hope that this list gets out there and the terrorists are going, yeah, see, Joe isn't on the list. We can send Joe. Holy crap. Jack's on the list. We didn't even think they knew about Jack. I like that you're talking about Muslim terrorists with names like Joe and Jack. And John? Man, I didn't even know they knew about John. John's on the list. He's not even of age yet. But Habib, that dude, he's busted. Yeah. With a name like Habib, he's got to be, right? It sounds like a slogan for something. <laughs> With a name like Habib, it's got to be good. I, it sounds like a lunch meat or something. <laughs> True. True. Yeah, it just, I don't know, man. It's, uh, I don't know. I'm feeling very cynical tonight towards our government, probably because the Republicans just finished their convention and I'm done with, I'm done with people. That was painful. It was. That was just painful. But the great Cheeto, I mean, he can get people fired up. Yeah, yeah. Hey, can I tell you something that I'm actually totally on board with the government doing? And it comes to us this week from the police bypassing a phone's fingerprint lock. You like that, huh? I actually like that. What they did is they, it was a dead man and they needed information off his phone. And so they used a 3D printer to print his fingerprints and use it to access the phone. And I like this. And here's why. By the Fifth Amendment, you cannot be forced to 
incriminate yourself. incriminate yourself. Yeah, you, you can't uh, you can't be forced to testify if it's going to incriminate yourself. And people have used that to say, "Oh, sorry, I can't uh, remember my password to unencrypt my machine. I can't unlock that phone. I forgot my PIN code. All these different things." Well, no, I'm not going to put my fingerprint here on this phone and unlock it for you, because if I do, I'll incriminate myself, right? And that's their right. That's their constitutional right. They cannot be forced to incriminate themselves. It's up to law enforcement to prove that this is something that they've done, right? Mm-hmm. Well, as as far as I'm concerned, the police in this case use the tools available to them. And let's say that this man was alive. Let's say he wasn't dead. If he was alive but refusing to allow police um, his fingerprints, all they have to do is pull his fingerprints from somewhere else, 3D print them, and they were able to do this using their own tools without violating his constitutional rights in any way and access the stuff anyway. I see this as the perfect workaround to all these different problems. And see, I don't like this one bit and i'm sure you can guess why well i i know but let's put it this way do we currently use fingerprinting technology yes yes again something we've done for 120 years police pulling fingerprints and using fingerprints as evidence is in no way controversial you know someone says no i've never touched that gun well sorry guess what that your fingerprints are all over it you have touched the gun Mm-hmm. That's not them incriminating themselves. That's the police using physical evidence to make the case. Right? Yeah. Well, if they can already gain access to fingerprints like that, why shouldn't they be able to use what evidence they are able to gather, assuming that it's lawfully gained, and access this? See, I think that it's just one of those slippery slopes. How long until they start using this for other stuff? You know, it and yeah, you know, you do it with a warrant. You go through all the proper channels. That's all fine and good. But we know that law enforcement isn't always doing that. Well, I would dare say that standard law enforcement, that standard police departments across the nation are under a lot more scrutiny than, say, secret courts and government contractors that we never hear about are. True. Because the police, if they want to make a conviction, eventually have to give it over to a prosecutor and a public defender, and they have to go through the judicial system. And anything that enters into there is public record. Yeah. So in that way, I'm actually kind of happier we're hearing about this this way rather than, oh, by the way, the CIA has been doing this and the NSA has been doing this for years and we've never heard. I actually would not be surprised if that starts. Oh, to yeah, I'm, I'm totally sure. <laughs> but my point is, in this case, with police doing it, I'm OK with it. Yeah. And I can see I can see the advantages that you talked about. I, I see both sides of the coin, but the distrustful person in me when it comes to all things government does not like this at all because I think it is a very slippery slope. How long until they start 3D printing your face so that they can get past facial recognition software or, you know, things like that. It's, it's very scary to me in the long run. Uh, but you know, if you don't want that to happen, just disable anything biometric that uses your fingerprints and you should be good. 
Better idea. If you're performing an illegal activity, don't put any evidence on your phone. Yeah, that's uh, or just don't perform illegal activities. But if you are have to, don't put any evidence on your phone. <laughs> if you really want those 72 virgins. Listen, listen, your grandpa didn't do any of his illegal activity on his phone. There's no reason you have to. <laughs> that's a good point. My grandpa was actually a rum runner. See? See? Yeah, I always wonder where his fascination with cars. He was a mechanic. Mm. I found out it was he was a rum runner in his teens during That's prohibition. Funny. Yeah. Um, let's talk about crazy purchasing habits, shall we? Sure. Smart watches. There's two different ways to read this headline. And there's the way they've written it, which is absolutely incorrect, and then there's the true way to do it. Smartwatch shipments fall for the first time. Apple only company in top five to decline. That is how it's written here. This is a VentureBeat article. And it's absolutely wrong. What it should read is Apple drops incredible amount in smartwatch shipments. The way that this headline is written makes it sound like the entire smartwatch industry is in trouble. When in truth, what is in trouble is the Apple Watch. And here's, here's, let me explain this to you, okay? So this same quarter last year, um, Samsung shipped out, uh, let's see, this is in millions. Yes. Units in millions. They, last year they shipped out 400,000 smartwatches. This year, 600,000. So they've gone up 51%. Lenovo shipped out 200,000 this year, 300,000. So they've gone up 75%. LG, uh, they've gone up 26%. Garmin has gone up 25%. All others, except for Apple, have gone down 1%. Apple, on the other hand, has gone down 55%. And because they were such a leader in the industry, that's enough to draw the entire industry down 32%. I don't know if I've explained this clear enough, so let me try again. Apple has single-handedly tanked the entire smartwatch industry. <laughs> well, and I've heard a lot of people trying to rationalize this, saying, oh, well, Apple didn't come out with a new smartwatch this year. Do they need to? I mean, does it really, is there that much of an advancement in smartwatch technology from this year, from last year to this year, that you have to have a brand new spanking Apple model come out? I know that's how they do things, but really, I mean, the Apple Watch, I think what's happened is anybody who's going to buy one has already bought one. Oh, yeah. They've already bought one. And they bought it a year ago when it first came out. And now there's nothing new. So why should we worry about it? You know, I, I have such feelings about the Apple watch. Um, and this is not an anti Apple thing because, you know, we've gone on and on about Apple. We, we joke about them, but the truth is, is that. Typically speaking, Apple makes very pretty, very well-built hardware. 
Their hardware is almost always flawless. It's not new. It's not innovative, but it's well built. You and know, it's, the, it's sexy. It's sexy. It's well built and it's sexy and it's reliable and it lasts. Truth be told, it lasts. Yes. The Apple Watch, on the other hand, is clunky. It's well built, sure. It's almost seamless. It's in that way. It's nice, nice job there, Apple. But it's clunky. It's clunky, and it's overpriced, and it's underperforming, and it's buggy. It's everything Apple typically isn't. And then on top of that, you have all the software issues. You have an interface that is almost impossible to work until you've had the thing for three weeks. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's everything Apple typically isn't. And is it any wonder why their shipment has dropped so much? I know a lot of people who really like the Apple Watch, but I know a lot of people as well who say it was the worst purchase they ever made i have a lot of people who wear it all the time saying that it's absolutely great but i also know that they have feel like they have to say it was that great because they spent a freaking grundle on it oh yeah how do you justify oh yeah that i don't i don't wear that anymore do you still have it well yeah i still have it i mean it was five hundred dollars well then why don't you wear it no if you spend five hundred dollars on something you're freaking wearing it oh for sure for sure. Unless you have alternatives that you also spent $500 on or $17,000 on. Exactly. In which case, this you're not in this demographic. No. But if you're the normal average tech consumer, yeah, this is something you're, you're wearing every day of your life. If you bought it. Speaking of innovative technologies that have tanked. The last VCR is rolling off the assembly line. You know, this makes me feel old. Oh, oh, you want to feel old? So my son today is telling me, hey, dad, you remember a long time ago when my brother and I, we had that TV down in our room. I'm like, yeah, I remember that. He's like, yeah. Um, and it could play movies and it had that thing built in underneath it that took movies into it. And it had these black things with white I don't know what they were. We pretended like they were remote controls because you could put your fingers into the white things. and They'd move around. So we pretended like they were remote controls. What were those? <laughs> well, those were video cassettes. What's a video cassette, dad? Yeah, uh, It's what movies were on. So there was a movie on that thing. Yes. Yes, there was. Oh, yeah i just i mean i remember when vcrs like started showing up in everybody's homes and i remember not having one so we'd rent one from the video store oh yeah they were they were like four hundred dollars oh they were so expensive and now like if you could find one is like 30 bucks if Uh, we're talking four hundred dollars in the mid to late 80s yeah yeah, you rented one. So we'd go to the video store and we'd rent one and it would, it was a top loader and it would come in the big blue bags. Yep. And we'd rent like four or five videos. And then we'd go to Little Caesars and we'd pick up two pizzas that came on a board. They were square pizzas and you could only buy two of them at a time, which is why people, they say pizza, pizza. That's the logo. Yep. Is because they came on twos and 
we'd watch those movies all weekend long because it costs so much to rent the VCR and rent the movies. You got your money's worth. Oh yeah. You rent it Friday night and it didn't have to be back till like Monday morning. Oh, that was the best. My, uh, my first tax return that I ever got when I started working, I used to buy a JVC VCR and that thing ran for probably 15 years. And I spent about $600 on it. Yeah. My, uh, my parents first one was $250. It was a Toshiba and it was really nice. Top of the line had every feature right up until my brother fed it a sandwich. Yeah, they didn't like sandwiches. No. They no. really didn't. I, I had a better one that I bought for myself for like 20 bucks when I moved out on my own in 99. Um, my cat got his head stuck in that one. I don't, he was a special <laughs> creature. <laughs> wow. I, I, wow. How do you respond to that? I had to disassemble it around his head. He didn't really appreciate that. I appreciated it less. It destroyed the VCR. And that's why I'm a dog person. But yeah, it's like you take for granted now. It's like, I don't even have the DVD anymore. Are you kidding me? No, I don't have the digital video file. I don't have the v- DVD. I don't have the Blu-ray. I just stream it on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've changed so much. Although I will say I still like buying certain Blu-rays, certain DVDs. Because I want to have them. Oh, yeah. Because you're not always going to be able to stream it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, let's hit some Verizon news. First up, Verizon is really sick and tired of unlimited users, unlimited data users. Excuse me. I don't even think I said that word correctly. Unlimited data. pretty one day. Um, so they've, put forth that if they see extreme usage and of course they're kind of murky on what that is, they will start throttling you two hands around your neck, shaking violently throttling you. I think they actually mean that your speed will just, you know, drop through the floor, but I'd like to see some like executive from Verizon just show up at someone's house and just start choking them. Well, they're actually saying that um, by August 31st, if they Deem your account to be using an extraordinary amount of data, then they're just going to disconnect you. They're just going to say, nope, you're done. We're not going to do it anymore. You're not under contract. We have no obligation to you. You have no obligation to us. Goodbye. And apparently the extraordinary use, they cited the 100 gig plan as an example. So take that as you will. But I mean... That's a good way to get out of your contract with them. Well, I think these people aren't under contract. That's the problem. Mm. They're grandfathered into their old data plans. And Verizon wants to get rid of that. Because if you have somebody who's getting something for free, that's unacceptable. Even though it's not free, it's what they're paying for. Right. But if they can get more money for it, then why not? Well, you know, if Verizon has to count their pennies now, I mean, they just made a large investment. They need to recoup some money here. Yeah, that's... I, I love the article headline, Verizon to buy Yahoo for chump change. That is chump change for Yahoo, or for Verizon. 
Yeah, so this hasn't happened quite yet. Uh, we're recording this Sunday night. This will be happening Monday morning, but it is all but confirmed across multiple sources. Verizon is buying Yahoo for $4.8 billion. That sounds like a lot because it's more than we'll ever make. But six years ago, no, not six years ago, eight years ago, Microsoft tried to buy Yahoo for $44 billion. And at their peak, they were valued at $125 billion. Wow, Yahoo's really fallen far, haven't they? They really have. They've just been hemorrhaging value. And it's too bad because, you know, we've been big fans of Marissa Meyer on this show. She's done... She's done a lot more for the company than I think anyone ever expected her to. But things just haven't worked out. And if there's anything Yahoo has been consistent about, it's about missing the boat. They had the chance to buy Facebook when they were only a billion dollars. They could have bought Facebook for a billion dollars. Of course, they probably would have driven it into the ground. And how much better would we all be for it? (laughs) We'd be thanking them. Oh, you wouldn't have to block your racist uncle from your feed. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, they they also bought Tumblr, which, you know, Tumblr's got a lot of users, but they don't know how to make money with it, which we've talked about here. They don't know what to do with Tumblr. And so now it looks like Mercer Meyer is going to resign and walk away with $57 million in severance. That's not a bad severance. I'd take that severance. I, I would take that any day of the week. I would happily walk away from a job and get paid for it. I, I got to get me one of those jobs. But, you know, I look at Marissa Meyer and I look at my myself career-wise. She's younger than I am. I'm a complete failure in my career. Oh, yeah. She's just like a year older than me. Yeah. I mean, she's in her mid-30s. She just had a baby for crying out loud. And... Yeah, I just, I feel like such a failure when I look at people like her. Because here I am making my, I mean, I make good money, but I don't make Marissa Meyer money. (laughs) Hashtag Marissa Meyer money. (laughs) So, I mean, that's just, yeah. But uh, tell me your thought. Has she has she been successful as Yahoo CEO in your I opinion? I think she's been as ex- successful as she could be. And this isn't like me being an apologist for her. I respect her greatly, but it's kind of like John Chen with BlackBerry. Uh, not this this isn't just an attempt to throw BlackBerry into our discussion cuz we know, you know, we have a quota to fill, but the company is dying. Right? The company is just flat out dying. And in both cases, between Yahoo and BlackBerry, both of them put in CEOs who did, they made a lot of gambles. They did whatever they could to try and keep the company together. That's their job. And in BlackBerry's case, their shareholders think everything's great. And in Yahoo's case, their shareholders have always thought everything is just burning to the ground. And I don't think Marissa Meyer gets as enough credit for what she did right. But by the same token, I don't think people are objective enough about what went wrong. You know, they just, they lay that all at her feet. Everything that went wrong is her fault. Everything that went right, we don't even talk about it. Yeah. And that's unfair to everyone involved. 
the the company was doomed. It's been doomed for a long time. You know, I just I think I think people uh, we we had those activist investors we talked about the the shareholders who wanted to spin off the uh, the, the news section off to a Chinese company. Yeah. And if they hadn't had their head so up their rear, maybe they would have voted instead to go with the Microsoft deal where they could have made 10 times as much. Yeah, I, I find it interesting and I kind of feel bad for her, for Marissa Meyer, just because I think she's getting a bum rap. And I think that it's going to affect her going forward. She may just take that 57 million and decide I'm done. I'm going to be a full time mom to my kids. Uh, someone like her, I highly doubt it. Uh, I, 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 I agree. I do doubt it. But, you know, that's a possibility. I don't I, know. I don't think we'll see her at any other large company we know. I'll bet you the next time we see her. It's going to be a startup. A startup. Exactly. Yep. She'll yeah. be an entrepreneur doing a new startup. Yeah, and I, probably selling that one off to Google. <laughs> I agree. I think, you know, I think that's probably going to be her next step. I don't think we're going to see her jump to a big company like HP or something like that as a CEO. I mean, maybe some lesser role, but I think she's going to probably show up again in the in the startup world. Yep, yep. Well, we have a couple more headlines here. Uh, we're going to skip over them, but please come on over to StolenDroids.com and check them out uh, on, in this article's, in this episode's post. Wow, I'm starting to just blur and ramble. So let's get into our favorites. Mine comes from the YouTube channel uh, Honest Trailers. And I've posted stuff from them before. And if you've been on YouTube at all, you probably have seen a few of their videos. There's the newest one for Batman v Superman. And it has to be the most accurate, honest trailer in their entire history. Because there's a lot about this movie that just doesn't work. And we could bash it over the head and we could kick that dead horse. But nowhere does it become the most evident how bad this movie was until they start listing out Lex Luthor's plan. <laughs> I say I liked the movie, but I admit it on this show, it had its problems. It had massive problems. It had glaringly large problems. It had you're about to go on your first date zit problems, okay? <laughs> so large that you could see them across the room. Wow. Thanks for that visual. But that being said, and as funny as this video is, the Comic-Con Justice League trailer, that one makes me happy. I don't know how I feel about that. That kind of gave me some anger issues. Well, just because of the Flash. No, well, there's that, and the comic nerd in me really doesn't like to see Batman organizing the Justice League. Batman isn't even a member of the Justice League. Batman just helps the Justice League. It really, the comic nerd in me doesn't like that. But I'll be there opening night, you know that. So. Uh, my favorite is a new Netflix series called Stranger Things. If you grew up in the 80s, you need to watch this. If you grew up renting the VCR and watching the Amblin Entertainment, Steven Spielberg produced movies, you need to watch this. Uh, I think it's 10 episodes long. I've watched the first three. I can't stop. I only stopped because I had to come podcast. But it is freaking amazing. It makes me feel like... 
I'm watching a movie in 1983 all over again. Very cool. All right. Well, that is our episode this week. Again, check us out at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. Uh, write us feedback at StolenDroids.com. We'd love to hear your feedback. Get you on the air. We'll play it. We'll read it. It's We need friends. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. And until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.